on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, here's Dominic Catronio. Okay, the window is closed. The L flag is flying. We are at Wrigley Field for the first win of the 2023 season for your Milwaukee Brewers. I'm Dominic Catronio. Of course, we just had to have a Brewers extra innings in order for the first win to come along for the Brewers so we can sit here and talk about it. Of course, we didn't have a show on Thursday. They lose the game. We have a show today. And look what happens. And look what happens when you play all nine innings. Some of y'all on Twitter were freaking out. Freaking out. Yes, they set a record, not the kind of record you would want to set of the most scoreless innings to open a season in Brewers franchise history in this one. But, hey, they still won the game. What a story it would be. So what a win for the Brew Crew. They win 3-1. to one. We're going to have Craig Kishan joining us a little bit later on in the show. We're going to give you your highlights. We're going to get your, re- your reactions as well. We're also wanting to hear from you. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Again, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O, or you can text us, or you can call us. That phone number is 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. In case you were wondering, yes, all of these shows are available in podcast form after the fact. So, if you can only catch a piece of it or you wanted to make sure you listen to it on your drive the next day, it is uploaded after the show every day. We can be your daily Brewers podcast with immediate reaction from Craig Council, from the fans, from myself, from Kashan, from Jeff Cirillo this season, from Jerry Augustine. We can be your source. No one's doing it like we're doing it. We are your home for the Brewers, okay? So come along. The season has just begun, and we're going to see you out there at the home opener as well on Monday. So you can catch it wherever you get your podcasts, if you can only catch a piece of the show or you want to catch it on demand at a later date. We've got a post-game show in just about every game this season with the exception of weekday day games. All right, so pretty easy to remember. Weekday day games, no show. Games otherwise, we're here. Okay, perfect. Let's get to a couple of texts that have already rolled in here. Uh, one of them from Josh in the 414. Looking forward to talking Brewers baseball with you this season. The pitching performance speaks for itself. There's a lot to like about Council's moves and the overall approach to manufacturing that eighth inning breakthrough. Your thoughts on how it all went down. Josh, I appreciate the text. And let's first break down that eighth inning and set the stage before we get to the highlights, right? The eighth inning, Brewers are down one nothing. Brandon Woodruff throws a gem, just one mistake. It really wasn't even that bad of a pitch on Ian Happ's solo home run. That was back in the sixth inning on uh, one of his last pitches of the game. But then we go to the eighth. Brewers aren't able to get anything. By the way, it is freezing down here today. It's 35-degree wind chill, wind blowing across the diamond. It was a pitcher's paradise today. So the eighth inning begins with Brian Anderson going up against Javier Assad, who was in his second inning of relief, and he was fine in the seventh. A one, two, three, a pair of strikeouts. He looked like it was no issue at all. But Brian Anderson leads off with an ambush single right up the middle, and Assad was not the same from there. The ambush swing spooked him clearly, because then the next batter, Garrett Mitchell, came off the bench, and he was showing bunts. They were 
very content with just getting the runner into scoring position and playing for the tie. But yet Assad could not throw a strike. He walks Garrett Mitchell, who showed bunts on four straight pitches to get on first base. So now bad goes to worse. Not only is the tying run now in scoring position for the Cub for the Brewers against the Cubs, but the fastest guy on the team, the fastest guy maybe, you know, second fastest in the National League is the go-ahead run in Garrett Mitchell on first base. So if there's a gapper, you're going to lose the lead. So you have first and second, nobody out, back to the bench. Craig Council taps on Jesse Winker's shoulder. He did not get the start today with left-hander Justin Steele on the mound. Winker comes off the bench. He works a full count, and he singles up the middle. Uh, mentioned the incredible pinch hit numbers in his career. Jesse Winker is a 323 career pinch hitter and delivers in his first opportunity with the Brewers. It ties the game, an RBI single up the middle. Mitchell goes from first to third on the play, meanwhile. So you've got runners on the corners and nobody out. The Brewers trying to get greedy. Top of the order now, Brasso. He ended up grounding out, though, because the infield was in. Bryce Terang, I failed to mention, Bryce Terang stole second base. That was such a huge 90 feet, as we learned later on in this inning. Bryce Terrain came in a run for Jesse Winker. He steals second. This is the new-look Brewers, right? This is who they're going to be, manufacturing runs, not relying on the home run ball anymore. This is the kind of baseball I want to see. I love seeing this kind of product put out on the field. That's exactly what baseball wants, and the Brewers have found themselves in this great opportunity to have a roster ready to do so. So because he steals second, that ground ball would have been a 6-4-3 double play. Probably would have scored the run, but you would have you know, looked at, all right, well, now the bases are empty, and yes, you had the lead, but it could have been a whole lot more. Maybe they get the play at the plate. Who knows? But the point is, a ground ball with the infield in didn't hurt because you had runners on second and third. Adamas draws a walk against the new pitcher, Michael Fulmer. Yelich strikes out. So it's all up to William Contreras in the eighth inning with an 0-1 count. He just bloops one into shallow right, and it scores two runs. Remember those 90 feet for Terang. He does not get the break he's getting. I mean, first of all, it's two outs, so you know he's going to get the break as soon as he sees a swing. But he's not able to score on that stoinker if he's at first base. He's able to score because he's at second base. That's the kind of stuff that adds up throughout a season. It's a tiny little grain of sand right now, but by the end of the year, it could be a full-on hourglass of little things that can help the Brewers sway games from one way to another by using their speed and using bat-to-ball skills. So the two-run single by Contreras left his bat at 72 miles an hour. His two outs previously in the game were both 107 miles an hour off the bat. Exit velocity... Who cares? To hell with it. It's all good. He gets the two-run single, and they manufacture it the old-fashioned way, and they get it done in the eighth inning. Brewers finally break through. I shouldn't say finally. It's game two. What are we talking about? It's game two. Relax. Three to one the final today. Brandon Woodruff gets a tough luck, no decision. He pitched exceptionally well today. And you look at Woodruff, his line, six innings, three hits, one run, the solo homer by Ian Happ, one walk, and eight strikeouts, 97 pitches in his first start of the year in six innings. Wow, man, that's that's some really, really good stuff. Also had Joey Weimer's debut in this one. Man, this kid's going to be a stud. He swings at the first pitch he looks at in the big leagues, and he gets a stoink double out of it. So congratulations to Joey Weimer. Just saw him catching up with his whole family just outside of the dugout here as well. So that was a really cool moment, uh, seeing him hugging and high-fiving everybody. 
congrats to the Weimer family there. Uh, and also, we also see uh, the bullpen lock things down. Devin had a scary moment there in the ninth, getting hit by the comebacker. But he gets his first save and his first opportunity. Peter Strezlecki had the seventh, and then Matt Bush had the eighth. No problems at all for either one of them. Great stuff from the Brewers' bullpen as they will go for the series tomorrow. Again, we're just getting going. We're with you for about an hour today. We're going all the way till about 5.30 tonight as uh, the Brewers get their first win of the season. Kirk Ashan's going to be joining us a little bit later on in the contest, uh, in the show, I should say. We will hear from Craig Council. We will hear the highlights here. And we're going to get your reaction, too, if you want to chime in. Once again, the Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Again, 855 616 one six twenty. Old National Bank. Get old. Doug texting in. Don't like what I'm seeing against lefties. It's not pretty, but I love the upgrade at catcher with Contreras. And slowly but surely, the young blood is coming. Woodruff is looking more and more like a big Cy Young candidate. Doug, it's game two. I get it. First start against lefties. Stuff happens. It is what it is. When it comes to uh, Woodruff, yeah, this isn't breaking news. He is a Cy Young contender. Every time he takes them out. I and mean, he finished fifth in Cy Young voting in 2021. And if he was healthy last year with what he put together in the second half, he's picking up exactly where he left off. More like that is going to come this season for Brandon Woodruff. Imagine what he's actually pitching at home under a dome and not in this freezing cold temperatures. And think about it, too. Now that he's got the rainouts under control and he understands what to expect on cold days like this, great stuff in regards to Brandon Woodruff getting things going in the right direction. Uh, another text coming in from Mike in Colorado. The Craig Council actually juggled a lineup to manufacture a run, then to rank steals to quote, to quote Lloyd Christmas. I like it a lot. Nice going, Craig Council. Thanks for texting in, Mike. Good to hear from you again as well here on Brewers Extra Innings. All right, we're just getting started. We're going to take our first break of the show here, the fifth, third Brewers Extra Innings. How about that? Our, our thanks to Fifth Third Bank for sponsoring the show this season with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Just getting rolling. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings, show number one of 2023. The Brewers with the win, 3-1. to one. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 1-2, line drive, base hit left center. Brossel had to hold to make sure Swanson couldn't catch it. Throws into second base as Happ and Brossel back. So Christian Yelich has his first hit of the season. Yelich got a knock. That was some good stuff. Brewers win 3-1 to one this afternoon. Back at it tomorrow, same time, same place. 120 the first pitch down at Wrigley Field. We've got Brewers warm-up starting at noon. The network coverage will start at 1245. And then the home opener, of course, all day right here on WTMJ on Monday. So looking over the box score here real quick for the Brewers. Brewers had three runs on six hits, no errors, and the Cubs had one run on five hits, also no errors. Brewers left six runners on base, Cubs left four. It was played in a tidy two hours, 32 minutes. 
man, I'm loving this pitch clock era. Two pitch clock violations, by the way, on Justin Steele. None so far on Brewers pitching. 31,363 were paid for. Obviously, with the weather, that turned away quite a few of those folks. 41 degrees at first pitch. It felt like 34, thanks to the wind chill. Notable performances. Nobody had a multi-hit game today for the Brewers, but the bottom half of the order got things done. Brian Anderson starting that rally in the eighth inning, going one for three, also a walk for him. Owen Miller did his job, one for two, also played a, a strong second base. Mitchell, we mentioned the, the clutch walk and the run scored in that eighth inning. Weimer in his debut, batting ninth, going one for two with the double, but he was left stranded. Uh, Craig Cashon will be joining us in just a little bit here, moving into the Brewers Extra Innings program, getting back to the text line, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line, Old National Bank, get old. One of the texters coming in here, is Peter Strzelecki going to be the new Brad Boxberger or the new Devin Williams? That's a good question. Craig Council's talked a lot about the fact that bullpen rolls are going to be fluid this year. And they're, they're going to kind of go with whoever they got, whoever's rolling, whoever's the hot hand. They know Devin has the ninth, but it's as far as, you know, inning rolls. Maybe they're going to try Strezlecki in the seventh and in the eighth. Or based on the lineup of what they're seeing, maybe you'll see Hobie Milner in the eighth if you're seeing lefties, things of that nature. So there's a lot of uh, uncertainty, I guess, compared to what the last two years have been for that bullpen for the Brewers. But... You know, I think this is going to be a very different year for that bullpen as far as expecting who gets the seventh and who gets the eighth. Might as well be a good time to welcome in, for the first time this year, our good friend Craig Kashan here on Brewers Extra Innings. Craig, look, it was it was bleak for a while there when you break a record from 1970, the first edition of Brewers Baseball, saying the fewest or the most innings without a run scored to open a season, and then. You break the record with authority by scoring three runs and taking the lead in the eighth. There were some folks already hitting the panic button in game two of the season. I could see it on social media. What were your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't expect you to come up with a stat quite like that. Let, let's just put it that way. <laughs> but uh, only only you could come up with that, Dom, and have it be timely enough for this team to be able to bounce back like it did, which was uh, really cool to see. And, and look, when, you, when you're looking at uh, – you know, futility like that, and if you can overcome it, you know, that quickly, um, that that's the good part, especially if you're a fan and you're paying attention, you know, every single game and whatnot. But uh, it was it was really good to see. Uh, Brewers obviously needed that. Um, it, it's not easy for this team to score runs, and, and hopefully that's all going to gradually change here, and, and hoping that uh, this eighth inning will be – you know, something that they can build on a little bit. I, I, I think my biggest takeaway, and I'm sure, you know, you've already mentioned it, is the fact that uh, how many newcomers contributed to that eighth inning. You know, Anderson, Mitchell, uh, Winker, Terang, Contreras all played a, a major role in getting through that eighth inning, producing those three runs. So, you know, he went out and got these guys for a reason, and uh, and they certainly paid dividends, that's for sure. That was a great call there, Craig. You're absolutely right. The bottom half of the order, newcomers and homegrown talent, and Joey Weimer, uh, granted his bat was pulled from him, but he got the double earlier in the game. He did his job. And you look at this team, and I mentioned this before you had come on, that this is a team that can score runs in multiple ways. And you look at it, 
Wind blowing across, not really helping a, a hitter today. you got to hit it in a perfect spot to get one out here at Wrigley Field today. It's cold. It's miserable. It rained right before first pitch when everybody was out there running around. It's a tough day to hit. And what I look at is the Brewers have depth and versatility from the offensive side to be able to manufacture a run like they did in the eighth inning with singles. They were content with bunting. I mean, when was the last time Craig Council was bunting for the tie in the eighth inning without the pitcher hitting? You know, like not having to worry about double switches and things of that nature. They were content to play some small ball there, and they put the ball in play, and good things happened. And and you know what I liked about that, especially with with Mitchell's at-bat, um, and, and your point about trying to bunt, it, it was a true try to bunt. It was four consecutive pitches that he tried to bunt, or at least was thinking about it, but he, he never got anything uh, to to bunt. So I, I think, you know, if, if we can see a little more of that, if that's uh, a little higher on the agenda right now, rather than maybe they'll try a pitch and try a bunt and and just to say go up there with a with a guy like Mitchell and and try to make it happen and make that concerted effort i i i'll tell you right now if i'm a relief pitcher coming in too and you're like oh the brewers are are trying to bunt here right now i mean you got to do things like this um you know it's it's been part of the game forever and a lot of people clamoring to to see it again but you know you have to be you have to be where the franchise is right now and have that be part of your um, weaponry, if you will. And only so guys, so many guys can pull it off and you need a little bit of speed there. That would certainly help. And, and everything in the makeup for Mitchell certainly was there on that, but uh, drawing the walk, yeah, that's not a bad thing either. And um, you know, it was, uh, it was just good overall to, to see different types of efforts maybe that we haven't seen, you know, in the last year or two offensively. And the other thing with Mitchell trying to bunt, yes, he's, you know, in theory, he's giving himself up as a sacrifice. But with him running down the line, it's no guarantee that he's going to get thrown out. You know, there's pressure on a defense to make that play. And the speed kills again. I mentioned this, too, that Bryce Terang stealing second base, those extra 90 feet was the difference of a one-run lead and a two-run lead because he's not scoring on that stoinker to right. And also with that ground ball that Brasso hit, maybe the middle infielders play back, they trade two for one. You don't know what could have happened. Him stealing second base was maybe the most underrated play of that inning. Yeah, there's no question about it. And and I think, you know, Craig Council was uh, pushing the right buttons in that eighth thing. And, and I think the word that I, I would use was he was aggressive in, in using pinch hitters and pinch runners and, and going for it. And Rock brought it up on the broadcast. This is what you do uh, when, when you have the opportunity with your, you know, with your six, seven, and eight hitters, your ninth hitter, um, and you got quality guys on the bench, especially some veterans, um, to to go for it and to go for it with pinch runners too and just to say you know Terang and Mitchell and Weimer right now are on this club uh, and one of the reasons they're on this club is because of their speed we saw Joey's you know first uh, base hit a lot of people maybe they would have settled for watching that thing drop in the right field and and what did he settle for what he's used to doing. And that's called effort. And he, he legs it out for a double because he used his speed. Um, it's going to be fun to watch this club. There's going to be some ups and downs with some of these uh, young guys and whatnot. But um, 
they're in a pretty good situation. I, I've thought this since the, you know, since spring training, Dom. There's a really good blend of high-quality uh, young rookies on this team, and there's a really good blend of, you know, high-quality veteran guys who have experienced some really good things in the major leagues. Um, uh, maybe not all great lately, but this is a pretty good mix here right now, and I'm going to be anxious to see – you know, who comes out of Victor tomorrow and, and what uh, the home opener looks like uh, on Monday and how this uh, Brewer fan base, uh, you know, wraps their arm around these new guys because this is definitely a different team than you've seen over the last few years, that's for sure. This is going to be an interesting season to test if this team has its utmost trust in the kids like we expect them. I mean, we still expect to see Sal Freelich at some point this year. Craig Council said it on the last day of camp. Look, he told Sal... You can hit your way up here, and you will help us win games. And that's what the beauty of being a prospect in a win-now team is. And some people feel like, oh, that means you're going to get traded. No, that means if you're hitting and they feel you can help them win, you are getting called up. Case in point, Garrett Mitchell at the end of last season. They felt that Garrett Mitchell was going to help them win games, and he did help them win games. Hit over 300, had the walk-off, had the clutch single against the Cubs and the Yankees. He had it all going on. And now you see Weimer with the double. Terang had a hit yesterday. The kids are making their impact two games into the season. This is a veteran clubhouse ready to welcome them with open arms. And I think that can go a long way for a team psyche, letting the kids play, give a little energy, as Craig Council says. Because, look, look, Craig, I mean, I think when you look at the length of a season, right, we're here just at the outset of a season, and you're staring at that calendar. You're already picking out your next off day. You're thinking, man, it is cold. We just got through spring training. The guys that did the WBC, like, man, we made it all the way to the semis, playing a lot of meaningful baseball. Now i got to come down to this. Like, there is a long grind. But to have the kids, you know, the Terangs and the Weemers and the Varlins coming in wide-eyed, smiling, ready to go, like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. It's a reminder that, you know what, yeah, let's bring some energy. Let, let's have some fun with this, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, <clears throat> the other thing with Weemer coming up here today um, you know, you mentioned it. These, all these kids are going to have their opportunity at some point. I'm really excited to see Freelick at this level. There's no question about it. Um, but what Weimer did today, guess what? Luis Arias goes down, and it's going to be a long-term injury. This is going to be two full months uh, from what we are told today uh, before he is back on track in the majors again. There's two more months coming for one, maybe two guys uh, somewhere on that roster to be to have the opportunity to step up, and it could come in the form of one of these young guys. I mean, Weimer was brought up because of his right-handed bat here at this point. Maybe, again, Freelich gets aced off because he's the lefty here, but the bottom line is there's opportunities, and if these young kids can come through, they're talented and do their thing, um, this this injection of, of energy that you're talking about, uh, it's going to continue. Um, they're, they're, they're having a good time here so far. I know they had a great spring, you know, being implemented into this, uh, into this clubhouse, into this franchise. And there's, look, we've only played two games. And if you're a Brewer fan, you, you, you should be realistically pumped up about this club right now and, and these uh, youthful rookies. I'm pumped up talking to you, Craig. I mean, there you go. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I know ready it. To go, man. I know it. I know it. <laughs> 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. Again, old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. We're going to keep Craig around for a little bit longer. We're going to talk about maybe one of the biggest points of the game. We did just kind of tease what it was, in my opinion. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings continues after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Horner crowding the plate. And a ground ball hit towards short. Backhanded stab Adamas. Throws across a diamond in time. Willie Adamas put his knee in the dirt so he could stop his momentum and threw a dart to first. 6 3 on the put out. One up, one down. That was the first uh, defensive gem of the year for Willie Adamas. Made it look routine. Dansby Swanson's had some. Awesome plays as well defensively. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers win 3-1, to one, their first win of the year, officially 1-1. One and one. We still have Craig Kishon with us here live on the line. I want to get to one of our new segments here in the 2023 season. Uh, we've got a lot of great partners that have joined us, so we thank them for their sponsorship. This is the Annex Wealth Management Difference-Making Moment of the Game. And we just mentioned it a second ago, but Craig... Uh, I want you to think about what your difference-making moment of the game is. I think it's pretty easy to say William Contreras is a hit, obviously, but for me, I mentioned it a moment ago, it's Bryce Terang's stolen base because they don't score two runs. They don't stay out of a double play unless Bryce Terang steals that bag. What about you? Yeah, that's a good call right there. And, and you know, late in the game to today, there were a lot of uh, plays that you could say were game changers. Um, I like this segment because – um, everybody can have kind of their opinion on it. I'm going to take uh, a little different route here, and I'm going to go with Devin Williams getting the line drive back off his bicep uh, early in his appearance in that ninth inning that kind of um, uh, woke him a little bit or made him hot, if you will, because uh, – he got the airbender going a little bit after that and was able to dial in uh, after kind of a rough start to that inning. It's certainly not easy protecting a, a two-run lead, but um, Devin Williams, uh, I like watching him pitch just for the reason that he's, the to me, a classic um, closer where he kind of flirts with disaster a little bit and then can dial in. And uh, I think on a, on a cold day at Wrigley, I think that liner kind of dialed him in a little bit. So that that's going to be my game changer right there to seal the deal. All right, so that's our first picks of the year for the Annex Wealth Management difference-making moment of the game. Annex Wealth Management is different, not driven by commissioned sales, not pushing financial products you may not actually need. For elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Annex Wealth dot com when i you mentioned the devin williams and we got a texture coming in here as well mike from sheboygan falls thanks for texting in mike the scary development in the bottom of the ninth with dansby swanson hard hit comebacker off of devin williams so my question if devin could not have finished whom do you think council would have called on from the bullpen and it, clearly he finishing and he's going to be okay maybe he's not available tomorrow but in the event something were to happen to devin who do you think is getting tapped on the shoulder to be the de facto closer for the time being? Well, it's interesting because I was talking to Tim Dillard about that uh, because obviously, you know, there's a, a huge level of concern on the faces of uh, 
the training staff, uh, Craig Council, Chris Hook out there uh, while they watched uh, Devin take some warm-up pitches. And, and we, we both agreed that Hobie, Hobie Milner would be, you know, the guy, especially in that situation and, and uh, what you've already used out of your bullpen. Um, I mean, we've seen Peter Strzelecki, uh the first two games. Uh, we saw Matt Bush today already uh so i think it, it it probably would have made sense there for milner to come in and close things out and perhaps he'll you know he might get a call here in the next day or two who knows but um you know that would that would be my pick late because you know he's going to be um i mean he's in there right now and on this roster to be uh tested to be the high uh, high leverage guy yeah i, I think in another to go with a different route, because I agree, Hobie Milner would probably be my pick. But something I would like to see, or maybe, you know, like maybe it's one of those days where, hey, Devin's already pitching three straight days. He's not available for a save. What if they threw Javi Guerra back there, throwing some absolute yeah. fuel, in the words of Hobie Milner? You know, sitting 98 with a hammer of a slider, just with reckless abandon saying, here it is, hit it, and nobody's really found a way to hit it. When he has control, Grant Council mentioned him today in his pregame availability. When Javi Guerra is on, we know what he can do. And he's going to be a piece. There's a lot of wild cards in this bullpen, I know. But I think Javi, like we saw the other day, it was still a close game that he was pitching. He's going to get some leverage opportunities as well, don't you think? Well, yeah, I think that's a great call, too. And and it's it's going to happen. I mean, it's just going to happen. That's why they play 162 games for different scenarios like this, for different guys to have opportunities to step up. And um, I, I think that for sure is a good call. I, and, you know, the thing about it too, Dom, is we, we know this bullpen um, – you can predict all you want how things should be laid out with this bullpen. And I think, um, you know, if you're a Brewer fan, it's largely because the last two or three or four years, we've been able to say who's going to pitch the seventh, who's going to pitch the eighth, and who's going to pitch the ninth. We know for sure who's pitching the ninth inning in, in a closing situation, a safe situation, and that's Devin Williams. I think the guys directly in front of them um, clearly – can play different roles here and there. Will Peter Strzelecki be the seventh inning guy or will he be an eighth inning guy, uh, depending upon what the score is? So um, this is a developing bullpen, and I think that's what makes it kind of exciting right now because there's some lively arms, um, there's some hungry arms, and there's some arms that have been tested a little bit here so far in the major league level, and they've had uh, some good success. So uh, watching this development you know, on a positive manner the way we have the first two games they've been pretty good uh the first two games here so far so um it's going to be uh it's going to be an interesting one to watch from from a development standpoint that's for sure now we have gone far too long into this show without talking about Brandon Woodruff at depth because yes he gets a no decision yes he allows the home run to Ian Happ and even I'd argue that was a ball that shouldn't have gone out if it wasn't for the wind because it was blowing from left to right today, and he got a gift into the baskets. But, hey, he got him. Kudos to Ian Happ. Brandon Woodruff was terrific. I mean, terrific today in his first start, picking up exactly where he let off, left off in the regular season last year. 17 swings and misses. Uh, he got five strikeouts on the changeup, which was a career high for him. His previous high was four. What sticks out to you about Brandon Woodruff's start today? 
Well, I mean, a couple of things. Uh, I mean, first pitch strike was was huge, 19 to 22. I mean, really, you can't ask for really anything better. Um, and, and then, you know, Don, the other thing is um, his mastery over left-handed hitters continues because all eight of his strikeouts were against uh, lefties here in this case to a, to a point of the game where – uh, B.A. and Rock bring up if you're a switch hitter like Ian Happ and, and you're stuck on the left side and you've struck out uh, your first two times up on the changeup, um, would you think about batting righty? And, of course, then he hits the home run, so shuts all the broadcasters up, right? Uh, but, you know, those those really are the couple of things. And, and look, this guy, this guy almost pitched today like he said, Guess what I'm going for this year? I'm going for Cy Young. How about that? Mm-hmm. He pitched that well, I thought, today. To come out of the gates in crummy weather like this, um, it was really good stuff, impressive. And remember, and I said this earlier, the dude finished fifth in Cy Young voting in 2021. It's not out of the possibility that the Brewers once again have two guys in the top five. And in my opinion, if Freddie Peralta doesn't get injured in August of 2021 and he's able to get the qualified innings, he would have been in probably the top seven as well. The Brewers legitimately have a chance at three guys to be in the top ten in Cy Young voting for the National League. And I don't think that's a hot take. No, I mean, that's I mean that's what brought it up, man. I, I'm telling you, um, I, I was that impressed today. And and I think, you know, the point that you bring up, too, as strong as a finish as he's had, uh, you know, last season after he came back from, you know, multiple injuries uh, and, and they happened consecutively, kept him out for a while and, and odd ones uh, that he that he endeared with not having the feeling in his hands, his fingers um, to be able to bounce back the way he did. He was one of the more if not one of the most dominant top five pitchers in the game to finish things up. His last 18 starts were, you know, were off the charts. His ERA was just over two. He had won eight of his nine decisions. Um, and like you said, he picked up, you know, right where he left off here in today's game, if not better. To pitch that well out of the gates and, like I said, pitching at Wrigley in in, uh, in April like like the weather was today, you know, when you're I, – I can't imagine what it's like when when the wind chills 30 degrees and the wind's blowing at 40 miles an hour and and you're watching you know you're watching at home if you're not at the ballpark like you guys were today down at Wrigley Field if you're watching at home and you can see uh the pitcher's jersey and his pants waving like a a flag stuck 100 feet up in the air in this i mean it's it's unbelievable um it can't be easy and he made it look easy today it's pretty gnarly down here, not going to lie. I mean, the windows yeah. are closed and my feet are still freezing cold. You know that feeling. Uh, <laughs> real quick, uh, before we let you go. I'm laughing with you, not at you. You know, you're laughing at me. I can hear it in your voice, man. Don't give me that. Uh, so get this. Uh, first of all, they need to stop hitting it to Dansby Swanson because he kept making some epic plays today. And they need to maybe put the four fingers down for Dansby Swanson. He is six for eight <laughs> so far this season. Six for eight. Okay? But get this. So he's six for eight. The rest of the team is 5 for 53. Wow. Wow. bonkers. I've never seen a split like that. I mean, yes, it's two games in, but, like, have one guy legitimately be all your offense. 
Well, it is interesting, too. You got to wonder what's kind of going through his head when, <clears throat> you know, he he doesn't get that next big contract with uh, with his Braves team, you know, that he basically grew up with, basically. Um, and then, you know, he's a high-quality enough player to come out and prove a point and, you know, make his new team feel good about, you know, the contract that he got with them. And um, I thought it was an interesting – uh, acquisition by the Cubs uh, to pick him up, but uh, he is certainly not disappointing, that's for sure. Perhaps a, a pitch inside once or twice in, in each of these at-bats coming up on Sunday uh, may help a little bit, but um, Swanson's good, and he's living up to the bill here right now, and uh, now it's going to be up to, to Freddie and company tomorrow to, you know, to put him down or keep him down if they can. It will be uh, an interesting day tomorrow. Brewers will be going for the series. Craig Sean, welcome back to uh, Brewers Extra Innings. Looking forward to hearing from you all season long, my friend. You got it, pal. Good show. Thank you. All right, Craig Sean. We'll have Jeff Cirillo on tomorrow. So can't wait to hear from the former Brewer there as well. Brewers win 3-1. to one. We got more coming up. We got highlights a little bit later. We got Craig Council reaction as well. All of that and more coming up right after the news. We're going to take a quick breather here on 620 WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And that's a ground ball. Two hops to Adamas near the bank at second. Throws across in time. And Brandon Woodruff, after the leadoff double from Swanson, strikes out the next two and gets a ground out and puts up another zero here in the fourth. That was a big out in the fourth inning. For Brandon Woodruff, I mean, they can't get Dansby Swanson out right now, so they get everybody else out. Brandon Woodruff goes six strong innings, a quality start in his first start of the season. Brewers win 3-1. to one. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We're with you until the bottom of the hour here on 620 WTMJ. As our first show of the season, we're right back at it tomorrow as well. Here at Wrigley, first pitch will be at 120. Our coverage starts at noon. Eric Lauer will be getting them all tomorrow. Lauer going up against Jamison Tyone, another one of the Cubs' new acquisitions this year. Lauer, they're trying to break up the lefties, which also means that Freddie Peralta will be getting the home opener start on Monday. Then Wade Miley goes Tuesday, then back around Wednesday with Corbin Burns against the Mets. So the Brewers win this one with some small ball, with some singles, and a double from Joey Weimer. Also some patient uh, time at the plate with a couple of walks as well. Let's go ahead and hear from Craig Council and his reaction to this win, the first one of the 2023 season. Yeah, it's difficult to score. Um, you know, the, guys are, the pitchers are doing something about that too. I mean, the pitchers are throwing the ball pretty well. Um, but we, you know, we put together a good inning, and guys picked each other up. Um, in the eighth there, and we continue to pitch very well. Well, did two balls off the screws. Swanson the first two times up, and, uh, you know, kind of got paid back, I guess, a little bit of that. Yeah, nice. I mean, just keep having good at-bats. Um, obviously, in the first inning, Steele was struggling a little bit, and we hit a rocket, and it gets kind of bailed him out a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, we'll take the hit there. That was probably a bigger spot for him. Craig Woody, that changeup looked really good early. Is that just that's we talked about how he finished last yeah, year? Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's what I would say is that's what he finished with last year, and um, he pitched really, really well. Um, 
changeup was was obviously tough, and the big ball, I could tell the fastball still was just even the fastball was just beating hitters, even though when we get counts, really no one's coming. So it was a and that was a vintage Brandon Woodruff start for sure. What about Jesse's at bat? I mean, especially just to have an option like him coming off the bench late in games. Yeah, we, you know, we're that's. You know, when he's on the bench, there's a spot for him. You feel like every day we'll probably be able to find a spot for him. And, um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, Mitchell in front of him had a had a nice at-bat with the, you know, when we asked him to bunt and was patient there and did a nice job there. And that got Jesse in the spot, you know, the spot we wanted him to be in. That shot from Swanson in the ninth off Kevin, was that in the shoulder? That uh, it's like, it's kind of like the muscle biceps. But I mean in all seriousness though, this to bear down in that situation and you know, if you had some good hitters coming up there to get that yeah. play ball then. Well, I mean you know, Devin is so good at that. Um, you know, having been in that situation and been in late innings, um, Nothing going on in the game phases him. Um, he, he's he's got total control of what's going on. I mean, if, I don't know if you know, it's right after the double play, like we were pushing him to, you know, he was taking a little longer, but he knew he had to step off to just to reset the clock, and that's just a that's just a sign of a pitcher that's really got a feel for what's going on out there. And, um, you know, the, the, Things don't speed up on Devin. They don't. Uh, he, he knows what he's got everything under control, and he's able to process information really good while he's out there. Um, that's a sign of a guy who's been in that situation, and he's got great instincts for the game. And a guy who didn't have as many chances with with the clock, right? Because he was pitching the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, but 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 still knows how, what he has to do to manage it. Yeah. Two guys before him were really good today too, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I mean, Stress has thrown two good innings, and uh, Matt Bush. You know, did his job through strikes. You know, it was a day today where strikes were important. He had to throw strikes today. You know, when you get when you get in these situations where offense is so hard here, it's throw strikes, man. Um, force force offense to do things. Extra base hits are difficult. Yeah. It's just difficult to get extra base hits. Yeah, Joey swing first pitch. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We you know we talked to Joey in spring training about being a little more aggressive. Um, and I don't know, he took a sudden he's been thinking about it for about a week now and just decided he's going to get after it. <laughs> That's great. I, I love that kind of stuff. So uh, I mentioned it earlier, you only get one first pitch in the big leagues, meaning, hey, if you're going to do something legendary, you can only do it on that pitch. Now, you can still hit a home run on your first at bat. You can do cool stuff, but like you only get one first pitch, right? I remember a couple of years ago, Akil Badu did that. His first pitch of the show, he hit a home run. In fact, in this ballpark, uh, Will, uh, Wilson Contreras, not William, Wilson Contreras hit a home run in the first pitch he saw in his big league debut. So that's kind of one of those little fun little things in the dugouts. Like, hey, you know, you only get one pitch. Be ready to swing on that first pitch. It's the only time you get one of those in the big leagues, and Joey Weimer gets the job done. I tweeted it as well. Bryce Terang also got his first hit on his first pitch he saw in the big leagues yesterday. But the other names on this list are kind of crazy. Tracking goes back to 1988, when we can reliably say we had pitch tracking data. Uh, but here are the most recent brewers, aside from Weimer today and Terang yesterday, to get the job done on their first pitch in the big leagues. 1993, Joe Kamak. 1997, Eddie Diaz. And in 2008, 
Ernan Iribarin. That's a name you haven't heard in a long time, right? 2008, Ernan. So that's some uh, history for you there. Only five times it has happened since 1988. And Weimer is the first extra base hit of this one as well. So congratulations to him. Saw him a moment ago with his family out here a little bit ago. Hugs and high fives and smiles and jumping around everywhere. Those moments just, they never get old and just really fun to see you know, guys living out their dreams in a historic place like Wrigley Field. And he's going to be here. He's going to be playing. So buckle up. You're going to see a lot more of Weimer, a lot more of Terang, and make some noise for him in the uh, introductions coming up on Monday. That's the other cool part, right? Now he gets to, you know, make a home debut coming up on Monday and be announced in the starting line and, you know, the full pageantry and everything. So congratulations to Joey Weimer, to Bryce Terang, to Gus Varland, who have made their big league debuts in these first two games of the season. That'll lead us to another new segment here on Brewers Extra Innings this season. This is Who's Hot and Who's Cold, brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. I think the Who's Cold is pretty easy to say. The Brewers offense, yes, they had the great eighth inning. It is still very cold. All three runs contain that eighth inning because, look, they had set the new record for most consecutive innings to open a season without scoring a run, 16 of those, before scoring finally in the eighth inning, breaking the record set by the first Brewers team ever in 1970. Uh, it's cold, but hey, it's literally cold down here in Wrigley, so I'm not really worried about it. As for who's hot, you can easily say the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen has not allowed a run so far in their work this season, and also just the pitching staff overall. I mean, Corbin Burns had one weird inning in which he didn't allow any hard contact against him on Thursday, and all four runs scored in that one. Also, an error was involved in that one, too. But Brandon Woodruff, six strong innings today. So, obviously, the pitching staff is hot. Maybe we're going to say that quite a bit this season. So, that's Who's Hot and Who's Cold, brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider highly, high, Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating and Air Conditioning. That's Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. We're going to get to the highlights coming up next. Brewers Extra Innings with you to the bottom of the hour. Stay with us. Brewers win 3-1. to one. Brewers get the W. 3-1, to one, their first win of the 2023 season. Hey, they still got 161-1 in play, guys. It is certainly a possibility still to this point. The Brewers got the win thanks to the big eighth inning. We're going to get to the highlights here in just a moment right now on 620 WTMJ. The Brewers, look, they're going to be a team that scores in a variety of ways, and that was certainly on display in the eighth inning. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Brandon Woodruff was part of the story, a massive part of the story, quite frankly, today. Six strong innings, just one run allowed. More on that in a moment as we get you ready for the highlights here from this first win of the season. Let's get things ready going. For this. Get up! This. Get up! And this. Get up! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. All right, 
After losing on Thursday, coming back for a vengeance, Justin Steele, the lefty on the mound for the Cubs. Brandon Woodruff on the mound, right-hander for the Brewers. Not much happening in the first couple of innings. In fact, Woodruff had four strikeouts in the first seven batters that he had faced in this contest. We scoreless. We pick things up in the third inning with one out. Major League debut for Joey Weimer, and he didn't waste any time. His first at-bat in the big leagues, making his debut this afternoon. And the first pitch swinging. It's a line drive down the right field line. That's a base hit for Weimer. The speedy Weimer turning first. He's headed for second. And how about a one-out double in your first big league at-bat for Joey Weimer? Throw that ball out of play. He's looking into the dugout with both hands up. It was a great moment for Weimer. Lane Grindle on the call for the highlight of Joey Weimer's athletic career. Congratulations. Welcome to the show, Joey Weimer. He finished on the day one for two. He saw a total of two pitches. But he was left stranded in the third. Now we'll move ahead to the fourth inning. Dansby Swanson, he has been off to a torrid start. He led off the inning with a double down the right field line in the, in the fourth inning. First test for Brandon Woodruff in this one. Next up, Ian Happ strikes him out on a changeup. After that, Cody Bellinger gets him looking on a fastball. Then it's all up to Trey Mancini trying to bring home the game's first run. A one, and that's a ground ball. Two hops to Adamas near the back at second. Throws across in time. And Brandon Woodruff, after the leadoff double from Swanson, strikes out the next two and gets a ground out and puts up another zero here in the fourth. Problem is, Justin Steele was settling in on the other side of things. Brewers had an infield hit after the double from Joey Weimer in the fifth, but that was the only other base runner against Justin Steele in the latter stages of this one. The lefty goes six innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts against the Brew crew. Now we'll move ahead to the bottom of the sixth inning. Two outs, and at one point, an 0-2 count on Ian Happ, but he works it to a 3-2 count, and on the eighth pitch of his at-bat, against Brandon Woodruff, looking like he's maybe one pitch away from ending his outing in shutout fashion. Scoreless game in the sixth inning. The windup here it is. And a fly ball hit to right. Back, Anderson at the wall, and it's in the basket. Ian Happ hits a solo home run. First run of the game. And at that point, Twitter was melting down, joking it's an insurmountable lead. But fear not. The Brewers were ready to play. It took an inning, to be fair. Javier Assad had a 1-2-3-7. He's back out there for the eighth against the Brewers. But a leadoff single by Brian Anderson. Garrett Mitchell comes off the bench. He shows bunt on four straight pitches, but they all miss the zone. It's a walk, first and second. Nobody out. Back to the bench. Jesse Winker gets called on. The pitch. Swinging a ground ball hit towards the middle. It sneaks through for a knock. Anderson being sent around. He scores and we're tied. The Brewers have their first run of the season. A pinch hit RBI single by Jesse Winker. So that ended the drought and they were not done. After a stolen base by Bryce Terang, a ground out by Mike Brasso, a walk by Adamas, and then a strikeout by Christian Yelich. The bases were loaded with two outs with a new guy. William Contreras. Bases full of Brewers. Eighth inning. 0-1 pitch to Contreras. Swing and a little flare. Shallow right. And it's down. Two runs will score. And the Brewers have their first lead in 2023. Then the bullpen took over from there and they were lights out. Peter Strzelecki had a scoreless seventh. Matt Bush had a scoreless one, two, three, eighth. Devin Williams, scary moment earlier though. He got a comebacker off the bicep. He said he's fine but he still had a tall task ahead of him. 
first and second. Nobody out. Cody Bellinger, the first test. Tough guy to double up. The 1-0 pitch. Ground ball to second. Terang. That's one on the first double play. 4-6-3. And just as we were talking about the speed of Bellinger, a tailor-made double play ball to Terang. So Jeff Levering with the foreshadowing there. Runner on third. Two outs. Miles Mastroboni, who was a defensive replacement, the final hope. Williams looks in for his sign. He's ready. And the payoff pitch. Struck him out swinging with the airbender. Devin Williams allows a couple of base hits to start the inning. A double play and a punch out. And the Brewers have their first win in 2023. 161 and 1 here we come. Brewers win 3 to 1. That's what it sounded like for the first victory of the season. We'll be right back with more after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers win their first game of the season. They're now 1-1 one one along with the Chicago Cubs. A 3-1 victory this afternoon at Wrigley Field. I'm Dominic Catronio. Brewers Extra Innings brought to you in part by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management is different, not driven by commissioned sales, not pushing financial products you may not actually need. For elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Annex Wealth Com. Quick peek around baseball's Major League scoreboard, then we'll wrap up the show in the next segment looking at tomorrow's pitching matchup. Braves about to finish off the Nationals to win that series. It's 7-1 to one in the ninth out there. Uh, K-Bear Ruiz just hit a home run in uh, as we come along. Rangers beating up on the Phillies again. It's 10-3 to three in the bottom of the seventh out in Arlington. Giants trying to get revenge on the Yankees. They're leading 5-3 to three on New York in the Bronx right now. And the Angels... All over the A's, 13-1 to today, getting some revenge after the unfortunate uh, line score for Shohei Otani getting the great start and then nothing to show for it. Taylor Ward hit a homer. Otani's got a couple of hits in that one as well, so 13-1, all Angels in that contest. As for the Central Division, uh, the Reds are about to finish up against the Pirates. They're leading 6-2 to right now in Cincinnati. The Cardinals get their first win of the year. Jack Flaherty had a no-hitter through five with seven walks. They defeat the Blue Jays 4-1. to And again, the Brewers win here by a final of 3-1. to We'll wrap up the show coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. The first Brewers extra innings just about in the books. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Once again, the matchup tomorrow, Eric Lauer will get the ball against the Cubs for the Brew Crew. Lauer's first start of the year for the Southpaw. Going up against right-hander Jamison Tyone. A couple of newer uh, arms to this rivalry as Tyone was acquired in free agency this past offseason from the New York Yankees for the Cubs. So righty versus lefty, which sets the stage for Freddie Peralta to get the ball on Monday for the home opener. Our coverage starts at noon once again, just like it did today with the Brewers warm-up with yours truly. Then we'll also have network coverage starting at 1245 with Jeff and Lane with the On Deck Show. And then finally, Brewers Extra Innings coming up after the contest where we take your calls and texts right here after the win. Hopefully, that is, for the Brew Crew. So they're now 1-1. One one. They win 3-1. to one. We had some fun earlier this morning, though. The uh, annual rookie Starbucks run, the hazing, if you will, very air-quoted 
hazing for the Brewers. Uh, you got to wear your full uniform, and you walk over to the Starbucks that's across the street here from Wrigley Field, and you got to go get coffee for everybody. I took a photo. I tweeted it of the actual list of orders at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. And uh, there are some interesting orders on here. First of all, timing's a little weird because, like, Maybe you've already had your coffee for the day, so maybe you guys don't want another serving, or maybe they waited for it. So, like, for instance, Lauer, he didn't have true coffee. He had hot chai tea. My kind of guy. I dig that. So he got a grande hot chai tea. Uh, a lot of sugar on some of these orders as well. Uh, Weicho, Luis Urias had a caramel macchiato. Adamas had a caramel macchiato. Same with Ozzy Timmons. Uh, Victor Caratini had a caramel macchiato as well. Then you got my kind of guys. Yelly had an Americano. I usually get an iced Americano or a flat white if I'm going to a coffee shop. Uh, Luke Voigt, no surprise here. Cold blue, cold brew black. Rowdy Telez, black iced coffee. Really no surprise there. Uh, Carlos getting mango dragon fruit, a tall mango, like one of those sugary drinks. Uh, that was uh, interesting, uh, an interesting choice for Seabriz, uh, our beloved translator and coach of the Brewers this year. So you can check that out on my Twitter. Also, we got to check on Walker McKinvin, guys. He ordered a quad shot with coconut flavor. What? At like 10.30, you're getting a quad shot right before a game? Man, Walker McKinvin, he is a gamer. So go ahead and check that out on my Twitter as well. Okay, same thing. Noon tomorrow. And let's remind everybody, it's 162 games. You don't need to overreact after just a couple of games or even just a few innings. Yes, the Brewers didn't score for the first 16 innings of this season. They still won the game that they set that record. All right? Let the game play out. It is freezing cold down here. It is no fun to hit right now. All right? If things are continuing to be alarming next week at home, then we can talk. But look... It is literally 34 degrees. The wind is still gusting. I haven't seen the sun. It briefly came out, but it is what it is. Thanks to Evan Wittalison, our producer. Thanks to everybody who listened. I'm Dominic Catronio. Until tomorrow, keep on swinging.